Okay, so I watched the speech again. Most of it. Still pretty damn cringy. <laughs> and, and some things I didn't talk about yesterday. I listened to some good... Good folks on Fox News and other outlets provide some analysis, some things I missed the first time around because I was just dumbfounded. I, I don't care how how bad Joe Biden has always been, how bad we know he's going to be. I mean, we had plenty of time to prepare for an awful speech. This is Joe Biden. This is the teleprompter. But it was worse than I could ever have imagined. I mean, the, the worst part, and I don't think we talked about this yesterday, is he victim blamed an entire country. The guy is such a basic bitch. And it's ironic because he's always portrayed himself with the aviators and his false bravado swagger. I mean, we know it was it was never real. Talking about taking Trump behind the woodshed. Dude, you're basic. You you acted like losing was okay. I mean, General Patton is rolling over in his grave, old blood and guts. America likes winners. That's what we're all about, dude. Don't tell me why losing was okay. That's what that speech was. And why losing wasn't somehow our fault. But then utters the words, the buck stops here. So that that douchebag, was it Brian Wilson, who's now at MSNBC because he's a big fat fucking liar. He was praising Joe Biden and a veteran, a guy from Wounded Warrior who fought in Afghanistan, called him out. You should look up the clip. It's all over the place. It's viral. Because the guy literally said to Wilson and the rest of the panel, I have no idea what speech you were just watching. And then he goes on a three-minute monologue of beauty. I mean, laying out how embarrassing this has been for us. Mr. Dignity, who is going to restore our status amongst the world, has trashed us. And I'm not... I'm not bloviating here. We have real things to be scared about that we didn't have to worry about 10 days ago. That's how much has changed and really changed in the last three days. Because Biden blustered and talked, flexed, but said, I'm not going to send mean tweets. And he showed he just can't run anything. He's never been in charge. He's been hiding his entire career. Delaware Senator vice president, which everybody knows is kind of a loser job. You go through it because you want to be POTUS. And then he did his campaign from the basement covered by COVID because he's a feeble old man, double masking and hiding in the name of safety and leveraging COVID as we've talked about many times. And he tried to run a country the same way. His people carried on the same expectation. They're used to it. All the people that ran his campaign got the best jobs I mean, look at the National Security Advisor. A mealy-mouthed, pencil-neck, beta Rhodes Scholar. That guy is the epitome of why our embassy evacuated without hearing a shot fired. I mean, you might think it's normal for them to start burning everything and running around with their tops off and evacuating like the North Vietnamese are closing in. But it's a total embarrassment that they had to leave that way. They knew they were leaving. Hell, the Taliban knew they were leaving. And all of a sudden, they're burning documents and burning each other and rushing on a helicopter when they live in a fortified, marine-protected military base. It's because we don't have actual fucking dudes running shit anymore. And I say dudes, meaning men and women. Two genders. 
tough people, alphas that have been in the shit, and then go on to diplomatic service, bringing a great deal of experience, most of the time combat, to their foreign policy jobs. Not bitch Joey and Jan, who got a master's degree and were staffers and pages for Congress, whose mom and dad know the Bidens and the Carries from Yacht Club. These are the idiots that are getting these jobs. And then finally, some of them actually rise to power, and all of a sudden, we take a nap, and he's national security advisor. And he's, he's not able to answer any questions or take any responsibility. He's never had to. Like Joe Biden, he's never had a real fucking job. Government service is not a real job. It really isn't. It was never intended to be a career. The Founding Fathers wanted regular people, professionals, blue-collar workers, farmers, plumbers. Remember Joe the Plumber? Those are the people they wanted in office. Men, women, and alike from all walks of life, all races, creeds, religions, you name it. But they all kind of look the same. And I'm not talking about their gender or the color of their skin. They have the same goddamn shoes, the same jackets. I mean, they shop at what's, God, what's that place? With the little, I'll remember it in the middle of the show later, with the little whale, Vineyard Vines. I want somebody to pass legislation that makes it illegal. You're disqualified to run, let's just say federal office, because if they did statewide office, no one would get elected in the Northeast. So we'll just say federal national office. You can't run as a man, air quotes, if you shop at Vineyard Vines. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't work. You're going to screw it up when the shit hits the fan. No way you can do it right wearing those clothes. Maybe it's a uniform requirement in some places. I'll give you a pass. But they got it everywhere and it makes me nervous. And so this is what we have, right? These betas, soy latte types are running the show. And guess what our enemies see? They see this guy, right? They see a general, right? A two-star major general. Is it Kearney? I don't, I don't even, these guys are all diplomats, academics, even with the uniform on. And our enemies are emboldened. What, what does it say to be an ally of the United States now? I think it's a bad deal. It, it, the proof is in the pudding. It, if you align with us and you rely on us to train you and support you and be an ally and a partner, there's an expiration date. All, ha- all that has to happen is for this country to have a hissy fit, emotional breakdown election where we vote for a guy that's never succeeded, has a terrible record, because he seems nicer than the other dude and he doesn't send mean tweets. And just like that, the future of your family's life, wherever you live, in whatever country, is in grave danger. I mean, it's over for the Afghan people. And what the Taliban knows now is they can do another 9-11. Because I don't think we react the same way we did on 9-12-2001. Because anybody who was a an adult and awake at the time, other than Richard Gere, who I remember was a pacifist, God bless him, everybody was down with dropping them on Al-Qaeda. Everybody. We were all down. I was in the military at the time. We were ready. Nobody cared. Right? Turning sand into glass was the only thing we wanted to do after we saw what happened in New York and in D.C. And we'd seen USS Cole. We'd seen Cole Bar Towers. 
We'd had enough. So we've been through it. Are we going to go through it again? I don't know. Because the military-industrial complex is certainly excited about a new Islamic caliphate in the Middle East. It's not in Syria, but now it's in Afghanistan. Now global jihadis, the Durka Durka Wahhabi psychopaths, the real fascists, have a place to go and freely train and live under Sharia law, pick up a few wives. They're doing that now. Not going to want to make light of that. Slavery is happening in Afghanistan. Wives are being selected. It's part of the reward for being a jihadi. It's how it goes, right? You don't have to just wait and blow yourself up to get virgins, okay? It's not just after death. They make promises with other people's lives to these cavemen. And I, I hate to enjoy and laugh at the fact that millions of Americans, some in the famed journalism school of thought and career and profession, God profession, are actually buying the Taliban and buying into their words when they say that they are going to be different. That's what we have here. That's what's coming out of college and going into professions like journalism. These are people that don't really understand the Taliban. I mean, guys, some of us are getting kind of old. So the babies, the kids had no idea that women were stoned in Afghanistan for looking at another man other than her husband. They don't realize that schools were not for women. Driving wasn't for women. They've already said, these Talibanistas who are telling all of our pretty white girls who know better, right? It's the same white girls who tell black people they know better, brown people they know better. It's the same white girls who weep for everyone, right, at their boat parties from their sororities or from their sorority reunions looking like shit. It's the same girls who are telling us this may be different for women. These bitches would run for their fucking lives if they had to be in Afghanistan for 30 seconds. But like every liberal, they talk differently than they live. They're all about the homeless until somebody's homeless on their street. Then watch what they do. It's the same with this issue. And these are the women that thought Trump was mean and gave us this feeble idiot who handed the world an entirely new image of America. We've never been this week. Maybe the 70s. Maybe this is as bad. Maybe it's not worse than Jimmy Carter. But this is month seven, guys. Jimmy had some time. Jimmy had some time and Iran tested him and he couldn't do it. So is this how we get another Reagan, another Reagan era? Well, I'll take it as long as we don't spawn neocons like Cheney, who are going to take all of our riches and our surplus and find another war and build up that military industrial complex because those guys are in a business. And right now the future's not really good. Where are we going to fight our next war? And if any of us thought our kids were going to avoid one, today, that is much less likely. Because what's going to happen now is you're going to see China really flex. They know they've got a tight window. They've got two to three years. Because Americans aren't going to put up with this. China's not stupid. They're not going to underestimate us. But right now with Joe Biden, they are already saying terrible things about Taiwan. And I don't want to go into the history of of Taiwan, Chinese Taipei, 
But just take a gander at what the Chinese state media said yesterday. It's in a tweet. They call it the Global Times. This is a media outlet, like all of theirs, that is run by the communist Chinese government. And they said, America will not be able to respond if we cross the strait and take Taiwan. I'm paraphrasing. But they outright said it. Or it was, it was an opinion from somebody who's in the Communist Party. Remember, these reporters are card-carrying members of the government. They're part of the Communist Party. And many of us know great, wonderful people in China. They don't say it in an open mic or when anyone can hear. They hate their government. They want to be more Western. Many of them already are. But they can't change the fact that they live under a brutal communist regime that unfortunately we're very dependent on. And we can change that. And that's another discussion from an economy standpoint. But right now, China's feeling good because make no mistake about it. Taiwan uses their money, but Taiwan is a black eye on the face of China. They hate our relationship. They hate how close the United States has been militarily with the wonderful wonderful people of Taiwan. Because remember, President Trump took a lot of heat when he called and recognized the elected president of Taiwan as the leader of Taiwan. China and many other sycophants of China do not recognize Taiwan as an independent country. Remember John Cena, that piece of shit loser wrestler who's now an actor trying to be the rock? Never be. He apologized in Mandarin because he had referred. This happened just a few months ago, maybe six months ago. Look at that one. I mean, John Cena is just a, just a, a scumbag. I mean, this is card-carrying communist Hollywood stuff we're seeing. And he apologized to China because they've got tons of money in Hollywood. Look up what they had to do with the new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick. They had to reshoot the scenes where Maverick was wearing the fabled alliance. They have an alliance. We have an alliance, the United States does, with Taiwan and other allies in Asia Pacific. And there's a jacket it's Maverick's jacket, his leather flight jacket, has this patch on his back with all four of the flags of the alliance. I can't remember what it's called. It's the Pacific you know, military partnership or something, but it's Taiwan, Japan, and Korea and the United States, right? I think so. But Taiwan is a massive part of it. Well, in the scene where Maverick Tom Cruise is putting that jacket on, you can see the Taiwanese flag. So much Chinese money is in that movie that they were able to flex on the producers and they made them reshoot that scene without the authentic patches on the back of that jacket. It was a story two years ago. I'm still going to see that movie. I'm looking forward to it. But it makes it a little less fun. So China's got a lot of power here. But it's always been words, but these words are more serious. And it came 24 hours after the fall of Kabul and Afghanistan. They were so emboldened that their media is coming out and saying, guess what, everybody? We can do it anytime. We can take Taiwan, make it ours. And what do you think the U.S. is going to do? And the U.S. is going to throw Jen Psaki out there to then make the same threat she did to the Taliban about oh, you better not do it or you're going to have a hard time in the international community. I mean, what the fuck, lady? Are we going to do economic sanctions against the Taliban? She's a mess. I think she peeled herself out of business class and back to work from her vacation today. I thought I heard her voice when I was listening to satellite radio, but I don't know. Maybe she still has her out of office on. I mean, it's that's just incredible. 
one thing that was confirmed by uh, one of the stuff shirts out there taking questions from reporters is that Joe Biden hasn't talked to anybody from any other country, any other leaders. This is, it may not sound as big a deal as some of the other blunders going on right now. There's so many, it's hard to sort. This could be the worst one yet. That Joe Biden has not picked up the phone to talk to Merkel in Germany. I mean... (laughs) Anybody? Johnson in the UK? What What's going on? We have really important allies in Europe, in Greece, in Turkey, in other parts of the Middle East, uh, Israel. He hasn't talked to anybody to assure them that we're going to fix this problem and that we're not just going to abandon Afghanistan. We're gonna, not going to abandon them either. I mean, just for a moment, and it's an annoying game because we know the answer. Think about all of this happening, but it's Trump instead of Biden. The House would already be convening for impeachment. And folks, they'd have a shot. And I wouldn't be fighting it. I mean, I wouldn't know. I'd think Trump had been taken hostage because it would be so unlike him. So it's hard to imagine. But the President of the United States has spoken to the world, to the American people for 10 minutes since this started four days ago. I mean, the real serious pace of the defeat in Afghanistan started about four days ago. And he said 10 minutes of teleprompter words to the world. Hasn't talked to anybody. I mean, for me, the speeches, they're checks in the box. I want to hear some confidence. I want to hear some strength. I want to hear a goddamn plan. And I want to hear someone accountable. We didn't get any of that. But if he were behind the scenes making arrangements, making plans, working with our allies to make sure, I don't know, the potentially, there's 40,000, possibly 40,000 Americans still there. Are we just going to rely on our Air Force to give them rides home one by one? Right now, the airport's still open. The guy I know that I talked about yesterday, he's still there, still stuck. He's at the airport, thank God. And today, they took the tweet down. What was it? Homeland Security. No, no. It was the embassy, the now shut down embassy in Kabul. They sent out a tweet with a link asking anyone who's stuck to fill out the online form and make their way to the airport as soon as possible. I mean, there are probably women trying to score a goddamn burqa right now just so they can safely make it and not look like an American. I mean, imagine having long blonde hair and being an American female in Afghanistan right now. And I'm not talking about a reporter who's protected, because they are. If you're on TV and you're reporting, the Taliban's not stupid. These guys know they don't want to provoke any bear, whether it's us or any of our allies in NATO. So they're not going to mess with anybody who's a journalist. They're not going that route. I don't think a hostage situation is imminent at all, thank God. The Taliban wants the dirt. They want the land. They want what they now refer to as the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. But in the dark of night, when the cameras aren't around, I mean, it's a massive country. And let's say you're in Kandahar. Let's say you couldn't get out of Kandahar when they swept through unopposed. And you got to get to the only open airbase in Kabul. By my estimation, that's, I mean, by camel, it's a 10-hour drive, okay? By whatever piece of shit vehicle you can get your hands on with maybe gas in it, four or five, I think, to Kabul from Kandahar. And it's, I mean, you'd rather be driving 
through Compton in 1992 in April, right? I mean, it's dangerous. It's the Badlands now. It's the wild, wild Middle East, okay? It's what it was when Daniel Pearl was taken hostage and beheaded, that journalist. It's bad times, okay? Well, that's what these poor people are dealing with. They say there's up to 40,000, give or take. That's astonishing. And are they trapped? I hope not. I hope it's just logistics, difficult logistics. There's actually commercial flights still able to go in. I don't know who the hell's keeping that seat inbound to Kabul. Something tells me the outbound tickets are more popular. But, I mean, it's nobody can really talk about it. Even today, the team that was answering questions, Biden's, Biden's dream team, really couldn't talk about the plan. And again, couldn't reference any conversations. This is the guy that was going to restore our dignity. I hate that fucking word now. Our dignity with the international community. He has trashed it. The only positive thing he's done is he's given all of us a reference for the rest of our lives when everyone and any when anyone, any of these morons that we pretend to take seriously or we pretend to like who are on the left, they have nothing to say when they want to say something about a candidate being nicer and being more presidential. Because your actions and the terrible results you have delivered, Joe Biden, is the least presidential thing I've ever seen. You can't get less presidential. And so what happens now? I mean, Biden said, fuck Afghanistan. He did. I mean, he said, we don't care. We're not, we're not going to back you. Um, the Taliban's telling Joe Biden, all U.S. troops... This just popped up. My God. All U.S. troops from Afghanistan or in Afghanistan must be gone by guess what date. Want to guess what date the Taliban has said in their recent statement, we have to be gone, we the military, September 11. I mean, they're masters, masters of propaganda and leverage, guys. They, they haven't been waiting 20 years to get dumber. And they're playing Joe. They're playing him bad. And, you know, that means everybody in the White House, everybody on his staff. I mean, it is a, it is a big drag. He, they're dragging him. They are saying, and this, I just read this, get out by 9-11. That, that's the ultimatum. Because right now we got like 6,000 troops there. The withdrawal started at 2,600. Biden's magically turned that into 6,000 with this poor plan. And... <laughs> Get out by 9-11. I'm laughing because I, I just can't believe it. I remember when the towers went down and I was in the military. I, I served in Operation Enduring Freedom. And here we are accomplishing nothing. I, I, can't, I, I can't say what we accomplished. I heard Geraldo say nice things today. I really like him. And he's beside himself. That guy is a, is a patriot man. You know, Maybe some of us don't always agree with him. I agree with him a lot. And he said, we need to praise the troops that serve so honorably, and, and we should. Many who did so more than I did. Um, I just don't know what it was for. How do you look at a gold star parent, someone who lost their son or daughter, and say it was worth it? Because this is Vietnam too. It's the same thing. How do you, how do you go to Walter Reed or Brook Army Medical Center to the physical therapy department or the burn units. I mean, they're not empty. And tell those those guys, hey, it was worth it. 
you're maimed, scarred. You have traumatic head injuries for the rest of your life, but you sacrificed it for us? Of course they did. In the most honorable way, but what did they gain? What did we gain? We could be worse off. I mean, think about it. 20 years in this, you know, hourglass of history is not even one grain. So are we better off come September 12, 2021, when we have to be gone? I mean, the Taliban doesn't, they don't release ultimatums and make threats idly. And do you think they mean, oh, on September 12th, we're going to attack you head, head on straight up in Afghanistan? What else could it mean? Could it mean they've got people here? I mean, they might not have anybody now, but guess what's going really well for them? Recruiting. The internet traffic is through the roof. The requests to come there are just as heavy as they were when Syria was run by ISIS. This is a mating call for all these weirdos. They have a place. They have a flag. They have a home. A home for sociopaths. For men who are and who are who raise boys to beat and disrespect and shame women and to believe anyone who is not part of their precise Islamic faith is an infidel. And they've already had guys say it in front of the camera. Our goal is to make the world a caliphate. So they're never going to stop. And we knew that when we went there. We were there too long, no doubt. But we didn't have to just leave. And we didn't have to consider 2,600 troops a war. Keeping a security force to support and continue to train and embolden them was probably the best thing to do. And it seemed it seemed odd when Trump went down the road of a full pullout, but he, like Biden said on July 10th, was going to keep air support. If we had F-22s in the air, none of this happens. Okay? I mean, you could take planes that we've had on mothballs for 20 years and put them in the theater in the last couple weeks and none of this happens. The Taliban's stuck in the rural areas. They can't, they can't dodge missiles. They can't dodge bombs. They can't, they can't dodge rounds from a howitzer strapped to an AC-130. Just can't do it. So I, I'm worried. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be negative and say we're doomed, but I don't want to be blowing sunshine here, to use that overused term, and tell you we're going to be fine. We're secure. We're safe. Uh, think about the southern border, folks. I mean, COVID has open citizenship here. You can walk across. They just they just greet you now. And they're not talking about it. Kamala Harris is in charge of that, by the way. Don't forget, she's not really gone there. She went to El Paso, right? That's where Beto O'Rourke is the representative. So you should consider that the border. Yeah, it's on the border of Juarez. Nobody's crossing there. <laughs> but we got problems. And I don't see a quick solution. There's no undoing what's happened. The training camps will open. The calls on YouTube, the global caliphate is on. And it is going to be impossible to stop it in the short term. And I don't want to talk about what we're going to need to do in a few years to put it to a stop when they finally pull off an attack here. Because it's going to be deja vu. And it's going to be rather pathetic. So... Moving on, and we'll close with this. I'm watching the the news bulletins, and I'm seeing that Governor Abbott of Texas tested positive for COVID. And this goes right in step with what I was going to mention regarding COVID today. 
trying to keep this particular segment to 30 minutes. We'll be about five minutes to that, I think. Don't want to go too long. And I might add a show tonight. There's more to cover. Being a podcast, you guys can listen anytime you want. But on COVID, everybody's probably noticed how a large percentage of Americans are really mean assholes to people who don't get the vaccine. But they'll tell you how important it is and how much they want you to be well, how they want you to be safe. But they'll call you an asshole first and say you're killing them and you're a murderer and you're basically an idiot and a, you know, a rube. Now, like I said, I'm vaccinated. It really was no accomplishment. It, it was very simple. Um, I don't tell a lot of people. I'm just mentioning it because I don't want someone to think I'm anti, but I don't care if you get it or not. What I do hate and what makes me sick are people who claim that I'm a pro-vaxxer and then that I'm like them in hating on people who don't get it. And what you'll see with Governor Abbott, who is a quadriplegic, no, paraplegic. I mean, he's he's in a wheelchair. I know he's paralyzed, at least from the waist down. I should know the details, but he's an incredible story. Wheelchair bound. Watch Twitter. Watch social media if you can stomach it. And notice how many people are glad he tested positive for COVID. And I believe he's vaccinated. I believe he might have an immune risk if he were to get COVID without any antibodies. And he's probably going to get over it pretty quick, especially if he had the vaccine or if he's had COVID before. I don't know. But he tested positive. So you're going to see a celebration. And you're going to see the, See, I told you so. Mask up and go home. Stay home. All the hashtaggers are going to be happy about this. And they're going to take this as an opportunity to be instructive when they should just shut the fuck up. And I'll close with that because it's your business. It's your freedom and your right to wear a mask, to not wear a mask. And the court cases go on and on. Texas had another judge impose an injunction and do something today that say teachers and school districts can impose mask mandates. Let it play out. I don't think anybody in Texas, from what I heard, changed from yesterday, Monday, when they didn't have to wear a mask and they were just encouraged. What needs to change are any of your teacher friends, I can't imagine hanging out with these people, going on social media and crying about having to do their job. You have summers off. My mom was a teacher, taught for many years, decades, and loved her job. And I guarantee you, she'd have gotten the vaccine and she'd have her ass back in school teaching probably without a mask if she wasn't retired. So settle down. There's one lady out there being shared by all the leftist blue checks crying about her life, acting as if she has to storm the beach at Normandy. Like she's going against Nazis, going back to teach her third graders. It's embarrassing. You're not that special. You have a job to do like many other people who you were happy to use during COVID that were essential. You're going to do it too, lady. And a kid wearing a mask in the wrong way, pulling it down over his nose, is not going to save your life or put you in danger. So for God's sake, get it together. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for downloading. I appreciate the support. I'm on Twitter, uh, Behind Enemy Lines Radio. Love a follow there. Send any emails, any questions. Uh, you can do it through all the podcast media, and I will talk to you soon. Have a great night. God bless, and good luck.